Welcome in to Ohio versus the World, an exclusive Ohio sports podcast where I discuss primarily the Ohio State Buckeyes as well as some discussion on the Browns, Cavaliers, Indians, Blue Jackets, and crew. I'm your host, Jacob Wilson, and thankfully joined by a guest today uh, because by myself it's pretty rough. So I'm glad my good friend JT is joining me. He is the co-host on my other podcast that I do, Two Guys, One Mike. His first ever appearance on this one, though, where I'm excited he can come on and just talk about Ohio sports with me. So how's it going, JT? It's good. Uh, I've moved back into campus. Winter break is officially over, but the past four or five days, I've actually been itching to get back here on campus and get back to Columbus or at least Ohio State. So I'm feeling good. Uh, and you're right. First time ever on Ohio versus the world. I always like to say that two guys, one Mike is kind of central Ohio's guide to the world of sports, but it's kind of nice that you do this other podcast where you can just focus on Ohio teams. Cause I'll admit that's still mainly what I pay attention to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love coming on doing two guys, one Mike, but it is fun doing this one where I actually feel like I know what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah, I understand that. For All right. Sure. So, I mean, for the most part, you can listen on Apple, of course. And if you are listening on Apple, please leave a review. You can also listen anywhere else. I do have a lot of listens on Anchor because I post, uh, you know, whatever it's called. I post the uh, link to this podcast on Twitter, which has the Anchor link. And I post that 25,000 followers on the Buckeye Sports Talk thing. But yeah, you can listen anywhere. If you listen on Apple, please leave a five star review. We'd appreciate it. But Let's just jump right into it. The biggest news of the day here. I actually wasn't planning on making a podcast today, but a lot of stuff happened today, so I just want to get into it. And Ohio State lands transfer QB from Georgia, Justin Fields. Not 100% official yet, I don't think, but it's happening. Justin Fields is coming to Ohio State. He was the number one recruit in the 2017 class. This is a huge get for Ohio State. This is absolutely massive. I mean, yeah, you're right. It's technically not official, but I've been down here on campus and I've heard from some people that he's been spotted here on campus, that he's actually already even ready to move in and he'll be starting classes here on Monday, January 7th. So if that's the case, it's got to be announced, if not today or maybe tomorrow or Sunday, but it's got to be announced soon because he should be enrolling in classes here on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it should be coming up here soon. So, I mean, the first thing I really got here is just what does this mean for Ohio State? Um, I mean, obviously it's going to mean a lot. He is a QB by far the most important position, you know, in football and really just sports in general. And, you know, we kind of need a QB. Obviously, Tate Martell is a great option. But if Dwayne Haskins leaves, I don't know if Tate Martell is necessarily a national championship winning quarterback. I think Justin Fields is that guy. I think he's that guy that can really put you over the top and at least get you a playoff appearance. But I think he makes Ohio State a legitimate national championship contender next season. I would agree with that, especially with the talent they bring in around. And the way that actually – because Ohio State's offense just has to be as good as it was last year. It's the defensive side of the ball. They'll have to get better. Uh, and, and if you look at what they've been doing on the defensive side and what they're kind of set up to be like in 2019, you're right. It's just got to be an offense now that just matches what they did. And Justin Fields gives you the best opportunity to match on, on offense what Ohio State did last yeah, year. Yeah, so obviously, as most people know, he has only been at Georgia one year. So he obviously hasn't graduated from Georgia. So he's not a graduate transfer, although there is a very good chance um, – he could be waived to play next year here at Ohio State, which would be something that would really entice Ohio State fans. We'd love to see him be the starting QB this year. So um, we'll talk about that. I mean, what do you think are his chances of being waived to play next year percentage-wise? I honestly have no idea. All I know is that it was some sort of racially charged situation that Justin Fields is trying to use. I've heard uh, one opinion said that uh, it's totally validated that you want to leave because of the racially charged incident. 
And I've heard other people say the incident wasn't that bad, but Justin Fields is kind of hyping it up in order to be able to get out of Georgia. I have no idea. I'm assuming that if he's making this move, he's got to feel he's still he's got to feel pretty good though about being able to play next year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no matter what, you're excited to have Fields here at Ohio State, even if it means he has to sit out a year. But from everything I'm seeing, I mean, I think it's going to be hard not to give him the waiver just because the NCAA doesn't want that look of you know, not giving someone a waiver after a racially charged incident. Although, I mean, I think almost everyone knows that this is probably not why he's leaving Georgia, but at the same time, it's hard to, to not give him the waiver. Yeah, exactly. Cause technically, I mean, if you're playing the odds, yes. Is it likely that this isn't the reason he's leaving Georgia? Probably. Uh, but if he says it is, who are you to tell him that he's not and who are the, who's the NCAA to deny him that? So uh, I think if and it, and it's totally validated. If there's an incident where there is a racially charged incident with a player at a school and he wants to leave, you got to be able to give him that right to leave because it's good for him and his mental health a lot of times just to get out of a situation like that. Yeah. So I mean, the final thing here really is, I mean, I guess we can uh, go run through some of the QB situations for Ohio State next year. But I mean, just initial reaction: Who do you think will be the starting QB next year for Ohio State? Uh, well, I'm assuming that Dwayne Haskins is gone. Uh, he's got to be gone if Justin Fields is coming, especially because I also heard that Justin Fields and Dwayne Haskins are pretty decent friends, and they text a lot, and they've actually had some private workouts together with Deshaun Watson, the current quarterback at, at the Houston Texans right now. So they're in day-to-day contact. So Dwayne Haskins is gone. And as a Ohio State fan, of course, I'm disappointed, but it's just a normal human being. I've always said uh, when, when it comes to when you want to declare for the draft, I've always said if you don't believe that you can elevate uh, your draft stock, you just go that year. And I think Dwayne Haskins knows that there's really nothing he can do to elevate his draft stock from this year to next year. So for him, I would just go, go make your money. So assuming that's the case, I mean, it is Justin Fields. He just gives you things that Tate Martell doesn't. He's a little bit better athletically. He got a better arm. He, Tate Martell's more seen as a running option quarterback. Justin Fields is really a, a 100% dual threat, both running and throwing. And he's got, a, I think, at least three inches on Tate Martell, which the quarterback position does matter a lot. So uh, if I were betting on Vegas right now, I'd put my money on Justin Fields. Yeah, yeah. there's so many different situations which make it very hard to predict just because we don't know if Dwayne Haskins is 100% leaving yet. I mean, it felt like it was like a month ago, three weeks ago, two weeks ago. But a lot of stuff over the past two or three weeks have happened that make it seem like maybe Dwayne Haskins could stay. And then you also have Justin Fields. You don't even know if he's going to be waived next year yet. And then even if he is waived, could Tate Martell still beat him out? So there's a lot of things going on. But if I had to guess, I would say Justin Fields – I would say Dwayne Haskins leaves, Justin Fields gets waves, waived uh, to play next year, and he beats Tate Martell out for the job. Yeah, and I think if he beats Tate Martell off the job, Tate Martell will and should leave. That guy's too good to be sitting on the bench. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, so, yeah, that pretty much do it for the Fields talk. The next thing I have here is two – Big name staying here at Ohio State. We have linebacker Malik Harrison and Jordan Fuller announced they are staying at OSU for their final year. So this is big news for the Buckeyes. Um, I don't think many people were expecting Fuller to stay. I don't think many people were expecting either of these guys to come back next year. Um, They're they're both pretty close to 50-50 at least. So this is a big, uh, big get for Ohio State to have these two guys stay. Yeah, I mentioned earlier in the podcast that this is all about keeping Ohio State's offense the where it was last year and improving their defense and bringing these two guys back are vital and to continuing to improve their uh this defense for 2019 and uh you're right these could have been two players that have easily could have gone Malik Harrison is a freak athletically 
for his size. I actually, I pro, I, I honestly believe that he is the best athlete when it comes to what he can do for his size on the Ohio State defense. Not to mention he hits harder than any other linebackers we have. And Jordan Fuller is not just, it's not just what he brings as a football player. It's what he's going to bring as a leadership and most likely a captain for next year. He'll be a three-year starter, a captain. He'll probably be the guy who's making the calls on defense. Bringing a guy like that back to so try to improve your defenses. It's not just about him as a football player. It's what he can bring in terms of intangibles and leadership as well. So I completely agree with you. Two big gets for guys who are definitely talented to go to the draft next year and or would have gone to the draft this year and been decent picks. Yeah, yeah, it's huge for Ohio State to keep these guys. Malik Harrison is arguably your best linebacker. And then you have Jordan Fuller, who's been a great player for Ohio State. And like you said, he's a leader. And it'll be good to have some veterans there because we're going to have a lot of young guys next year with Jeffrey Okuda. Brendan White and Zach Harrison and a few others are going to be very young. So it'd be good to have some veteran leadership leadership there with Jordan Fuller and Malik Harrison. Um, yeah, I agree. Moving on, we got starting center, Michael Jordan. No, not that one. Declares for the NFL draft. Yeah. Uh, um, he'll be entering the draft as a guard. The guard is his best position. Ohio State uh, asked him to move to center this year so they could get their best five offensive linemen on the field. But he is a guard by trade. And actually, Ryan Day had said if Michael Jordan had came back, he would get moved back to guard. But uh, he does declare for the NFL draft. And uh, I think right now, I think I, I read his letter when uh, on Twitter that he put out this morning. And I think when he said, I truly feel like I'm ready to be an NFL football player, at that point, you're going to have to go. And he was an All-American <clears throat> last year. And All-Americans usually go for very high draft picks, make good money. So, a bit of a hit, but Ohio State will feel pretty good. Wyatt Davis played really well in the Rose Bowl. Uh, and then you got Harry Miller coming in next year. Maybe he won't play as a freshman. Maybe he will. But Ohio State will feel good about their backups. A big loss, someone who could have been uh, a very big part of this team next year, maybe a captain, especially a team that will probably run more at both the quarterback and running back next year in 2019, more than they did in 2018. Uh, but you can't blame the guy. I'll never blame a player who's an All-American wanting to go make his money. Uh, Michael Jordan, go do your thing, and, and thank you for what you brought to this university. Yeah, he was a great player for Ohio State. He did struggle a little bit at the center position this year, and a lot of people were hoping we could get him back next year at that guard spot where he's really good. But it's definitely not a panic mode situation. You still have a very good offensive line. Harry Miller could possibly be the center next year um, if he comes in right away, and he is what people think he is. He's a five-star He's very good. Um, he's, you know, the third best player <clears throat> player in this class behind Zach Harrison and Garrett Wilson. But you still you could have him at center. And then you, like you said, you have Wyatt Davis at right guard and then possibly Malcolm Pridgen at uh, left guard. So <clears throat> they could still be in a good spot here next year for the offensive line. Yeah, I think so. I think they'll be just fine. All right. So some big news here. Um, another one of those things where it's a guy leaving, but it may not be the end of the world. You've got uh, defensive backs coach Alex Grinch leaves Ohio State to take the defensive coordinator job at Oklahoma. I know a few people thought – I was listening to a podcast that actually came out yesterday, so now it's way behind, and they are talking about how they thought Greg Schiano was going to get fired and Alex Grinch was going to become the defensive coordinator. So, yeah, I mean, maybe a big blow for Ohio State, but at the same time, the de- defensive backs didn't perform great this season for Ohio State. So, it's interesting. There was a chance he was going to be Ohio State's defensive coordinator, but he goes and takes the job at Oklahoma. Yeah, kind of a very mixed bag situation with him. Only at Ohio State for one year. When he, and the thing, though, is is when he was brought in last year, they were going to bring him in to be the sole defensive coordinator. And then the whole thing went down between Greg Schiano and Tennessee. Greg Schiano comes back, and then Alex Grinch doesn't get the position that he was kind of promised or kind of told he'd be getting a defensive coordinator. And Ohio State knew that if they wanted to keep him, they would have to make him the defensive coordinator 
Alex Grinch, uh, he wants to run his own defense. And he's going to get that opportunity at Oklahoma, and he's going to have a, a lot of work to do over there. But you're right. Uh, but then this is a big bag situation because Ohio State really wanted him. And I heard – I know a lot of people, including my brother and some of my family, that wanted to make him the defensive coordinator. And then there I saw a lot of people on Twitter that were glad he was gone because of how the defensive backs in Ohio State performed this year. So it's really how you interpret it. I think how Ryan Day would have wanted to keep him, uh, but it's not the biggest blow. Ryan Day is going to go and find him with someone else uh, to be the defensive coordinator for next year. So uh, we wish Alec Grinch the best of luck at Oklahoma. And I know for a fact he's going to have his hands full down there. Yeah, so what do you th- – what do we think, I guess, this does for Greg Schiano? Um, I mean, do you think he's going to be the defensive coordinator next year? Or, I mean, I could honestly maybe see him staying for one year and, and hear me out on this. He's been there for three years, so it's not like he's the, the sole reason. I mean, he's had really good defenses when we've been there. I think his first year was the, the zone six, or not zone six, that's the receivers, the, the year when they had Malik Hooker and Marshawn Lattimore and Gary on Conley, three first rounders in the secondary. So, Maybe if you can get him town, he could be okay. And, and the reason I say Greg Schiano might be staying is because Bill Davis is gone and Alex Grinch is gone. So if you get rid of Greg Schiano, that's three defensive coaches and a lot of your defensive leadership you have to replace. Maybe you bring Greg Schiano back for one more year just to kind of keep that stability uh, with because you're going to be bringing in at least now it looks like two new hires on the defensive side for next year. But at the same time, uh, Greg Schiano, I've, I've heard he's been linked with a – sound like a soccer – Analyst, he's been uh, linked with a temple job, so maybe he takes that, maybe he doesn't, but we'll have to see. Yeah, he has been a bit of a scapegoat, like you said. He had a few good years here, and he also just has an amazing record overall of being a very good football coach. And just one bad year, and people want him gone. I'm not saying I don't want him gone, but I don't think it would be the end of the world, like you said, if he did stay one more year and try to turn this defensive around. He's going to have a lot more talent next year, and also the biggest problem this year was the defensive backs and the, the linebackers, and there's a good chance that, uh, both of those guys are going to – well, one of them is definitely gone, and Bill Davis probably will be gone here in the next few days, at least I'm hoping. Yeah, yeah. And so you, you have your defensive backs are gone. Looks like your linebacker coach is going to be gone. Uh, now you're definitely 100% keeping your defensive line coach. Mm-hmm. Larry Johnson is here to stay. Uh, we can, uh, we'll probably get in I, – I see here that we're going to talk about Ohio State on the defensive side later. We'll get into how good that defensive line has a chance to be next year. And actually, not just next year, but in two or three years as well. But – but you keep Larry Johnson for sure, so that's your guy. So, yeah, it's about replacing defensive backs and linebackers. And so maybe – and also a lot of people forget that Greg Schiano took over the special teams midway through the season, and the special teams greatly improved under him. So I, I think you're right. I, I totally agree with the fact that he might have been a scapegoat. I don't think it was all 100%. Yeah, yeah, the special teams did improve, and as well the defense was pretty good the last three games. Um, they gave up a lot of junk points at the end, but overall the, the defense was very good against Michigan, Northwestern, and Washington. Yeah, I agree with you. And once they stopped missing assignments and they just were in the position they were should be, their athleticism started to show. And you're right. I mean, if you look back, they gave up 39 points against that Michigan. Yes, but they had 19 midway through the third quarter. One of those was when DeMario McCall gave them the ball in the eight-yard line. They played really well. They made plays when they needed to. And then at the end, Ohio State's offense was scoring so much. It was just don't give mm-hmm. up any quick touchdowns. And every drive, you know, Ohio State was giving up points in the fourth quarter against Michigan. There were long drives. Northwestern pretty much had just two really good drives. Uh, the, the first two drives of the third quarter. Other than that, Ohio State's defense played really well. And then, like you said, they gave three points through three quarters against Washington. And it was all about just, again, holding on towards the end there. So, yeah, I, I, and I think you also saw a lot of improvement from individual players. Jeffrey Okuda was a completely different man 
uh, in the Rose Bowl than he was when he had a couple pass interference calls against Oregon State in the first game of the year. Malik Harrison got a lot better, and the defensive line and Chase Young got a lot better too. So, yeah, I think this defense uh, it played really well towards the end of the season, and special teams played a lot better. And Greg Schiano absolutely had a big hand in all of that. Yeah, yeah. So Ryan Day he adds Michael Yursich as the quarterbacks coach. Uh, this was coming. Uh, not the name, but he had to add someone as the quarterback's coach because he was the quarterback's coach. Um, I don't really have anything to say on that. I don't know about you. I don't really – I mean, all I know is that he came from Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma State always has a pretty devastating pass game. So hopefully he can bring come in and bring in some new ideas. How he'll mesh with Kevin Wilson, uh, Ryan Day, who obviously is a very offensive-minded coach. We'll have to see how that mesh works out. And I think probably the biggest standpoint you would take away from it, the biggest talking point – is actually Ryan Day has not ruled out of whether he'll call offensive plays next year. He is on the record saying that there's a, a, a slighter chance, or not a great chance, but a decent chance that he doesn't call plays himself next year. Uh, and if he doesn't, will it be Kevin Wilson or will it be this new coach from Oklahoma State? So I think that's pretty much the biggest talking point you can take away from that hire. Yeah, I mean, if it was me, it's tough because you do want your head coach focused on, uh, you know, just doing head coach things. But I would like to see him call plays. He's such a good play caller. Yeah, and you see that a lot in NFL. Uh, you see Sean McVay, the new coach of the Rams, who's turned that uh, franchise around. He is an offensive guy. He calls all the offensive plays. But then you have guys who – uh, then you have a lot of coaches in the NFL who actually call the defensive side of plays. So, and then you have guys like Urban Meyer, who's never technically called a, a formation or a, a play in his life. He's just always given suggestions. So it's all about just kind of how they do it, how they work. And how they it's just it's like it's like being a CEO. That's really what you are as a football coach. You're a CEO and you just have to know what you delegate and what you leave to other people. Yeah. So then we have the news that nothing's been official here yet. I'm not really sure why this has rumors and it hasn't been official because there's been rumors for three or four days now. But Ohio State could possibly steal Michigan's linebacker coach, Al Washington, who is supposedly a very good linebackers coach. Uh, Obviously, we bullied Michigan and so did Florida. But at the end of the day. They have been one of the better defenses in the country the last two years. So, and obviously we have a, you know, Bill Davis who isn't the greatest linebackers coach, and he's pretty much been the biggest scapegoat for everything that's happened this year, and probably a deserved scapegoat. So this could be a huge gift for Ohio State. Yeah, you almost have to 100% assume that Bill Davis is gone. His connection with Urban Meyer is just so deep that Urban Meyer never want to get rid of him. But with Ryan Day, the new uh, new guy, we've, we've actually we've seen a lot of new fresh things with Ryan day already. And this is one of them that Bill Davis would most likely be gone. And if they get out Washington, that'd be huge. And yes, Ohio state and Florida torched this Michigan defense. Ohio state was really the one that torched them. Florida played a much different Michigan defense where Sean Gary, Devin Bush didn't even play in that game. Uh, and so I, but if you look at schematically, Michigan's linebackers played really well. And Devin Bush is going to be a, a first round pick. I mean, he is, he turned out a great line, turned out to be a great linebacker and, Al Washington's hands were obviously all over that. So I think it'd be a great hire for Ohio State. And at the end of the day, you could say almost anybody's an improvement over uh, Bill Davis. But the big storyline of this is that right now, uh, Michigan seems to be in a lot of turmoil. Mm -hmm. And if they were to lose their linebacker coach to Ohio State, um, Jim Harbaugh is already losing uh, the rivalry to Ryan Day. Yeah, I mean, there was obviously some hesitation with Ryan Day being hired, but he's done nothing but good things since he came in. by within I think day one he brought in Tommy Eichenberg uh 2019 guy at linebacker and then you know he adds um Zach Harrison in this class now he's keeping some guys uh like Malik Harrison 
and Jordan Fuller, like we said, and now it looks like he's bringing in Justin Fields, the number one recruit in the 2017 class. Um, he brings in Michael Yurcich as the QB's coach. Sounds like he has a pretty good track record. And then he's also being ruthless, it seems like. Um, there's probably a good chance he's going to fire Bill Davis, unlike Urban Meyer could. And then he's probably going to bring in a much better linebackers coach from Michigan. So, I mean, he's doing everything right, it feels like, so far. Yeah, so far. And he's doing it quick and efficiently. He's definitely not uh, taking his time. or, or He's finding – he knows what guys he wants, and he's going out and he's getting them. And he's not waiting until maybe some coaches are snatched up and he has to get what's left. He's out there, and he's he's getting guys as quickly as possible. Yeah. Yeah, so next I just wanted to talk about the rosters, really, for next season – uh, 2019 season. I'm very excited for next year. This could be a very good team. So first I wanted to start with the offense and, you know, just talk about how good this offense could be. Uh, obviously Justin Fields, it looks like he's transferred here and there's a good chance, like we said, that he's going to get his waiver completed. So it's possible we could see him as the QB. J.K. Dobbins, an amazing running back. He has to come back, so he'll be there. We still have Chris Olave, who's going to be an amazing wide receiver next year. I think Garrett Wilson will contribute right away. You still have Benjamin Victor coming back. Um, you still could have, um, who is it, K.J. Hill could still possibly come back next year. And then you still, like we said earlier, have a pretty solid offensive line. Harry Miller, um, he's coming in. Could he be like Garrett Wilson and contribute right away? You've got Nicholas Petit-Frere, who didn't get to play a ton this year, but he's going to be very solid. You have Wyatt Davis, who we've touched on, is very, very good, it seems like. Very young. It's going to be a young line, and it's going to be probably a very solid line, so. This could be a very pretty young and really good team next year and the, on the offensive side. Yeah, speaking purely on the offensive side, this offense has a this offense has a very good shot to just be as dynamic as it was last year, and it's going to be able to do it both ways. You're going to be able to have throw down the field. Uh, off State's offensive line is always going to be really solid. Justin Fields can make those throws. He's not going to make every throw that Dwayne Haskins made, but he's got a very strong arm. Uh, and, a high, and Brian Day is going to give him great patterns and great schemes to work with. And he's going to still have a lot of great guys to throw with. Chris Olave, we talked about him. He'll be a true sophomore next year. Garrett Wilson, very good chance to play next year. Benjamin Victor, uh, don't forget about uh, Austin Mack. He got hurt in the middle of the season. He was having a pretty solid season up until he got hurt. Uh, don't even forget about my man, C.J. Saunders. He's been kind of put on the back burner because Ohio State's had so many veterans at receivers. Uh, but he's more of a slot guy, a lot of what Johnny Dixon played and Terry McLaurin played. So I think he's got a really good shot to – and a Paris Campbell played. So a, a, really, a really good chance C.J. Saunders can have a big impact next year. The running backs are going to be very, very interesting. you got three really good guys. you got J.K. Dobbins. Damari McCall is going to be maybe your speed back or H-back. Uh, although if Urban's gone, do they – so say still employ an H-back. And then don't even – don't forget about Master Teague as well. Uh, it looks like Brian Sneed, I think, is his name. It looks like – I don't know what's going on with him. He was pretty much suspended the entire year last year. It's actually a very quiet suspension. No one really knew about it. But mm-hmm. violation of team rules. The violation of team rules. He never really traveled. But Master Teague is a great option. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, Mario McCall. And then also I'm interested to see if uh, the local guy from Westerville South – I can't remember his name. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get away from me What now. position is it? He's a he's a running back. He played at Westville South. Uh, is it Steel Chambers maybe? No, like he he was he was a he was a part of the recruiting class last year. So I think he registered last year. Hmm. Westerville. talk a little bit while I look this guy's name up. I hate to look something <laughs> up. I was gonna check out. No, guy. it's fine. I mean, yeah, I think this is gonna be a really good offense next year. Like you said earlier, the offense should be very very solid next year, no matter what. And the questions will be more with the defense after us struggled defensively this year so yeah, yeah. Jalen Gill 
That's Jalen Gill. Yeah, I mean, he could be solid too. You have a lot of talent on this offense. It's just going to be a matter of putting it together. But uh, touching on the defense now, um, we've got a lot of good players coming in. you got Zach Harrison who's coming in. You have Chase Young who's kind of like J.K. Dobbins. He has to come back. And he's just – he's a talent. Both J.K. and Chase Young are both talents. Like, you go to the NFL right now if they wanted to, but they have to come back, which is nice for us. Um, you got Malik Harrison who's coming back now. He's a very solid player. You've got Jeffrey Okuda, Brendan White, two guys who emerged here at the end of the year. So they're going to get a lot better over the seven, eight-month period where they have to grow. Now you have Jordan Fuller who's coming back. And uh, you have a lot of other players. you got Tough Borland. Is he going to improve? Pete Warner, he started to come on towards the end of the year. He's still got Sean Wade who's been solid at times this year. So this could be a much, much better defense next year. Yeah, I think what Ohio State will see the biggest improvement next year is – at that defensive back position. So pretty much Ohio State set up is, is set up next year to have Jeffrey Okuda at one corner, Sean Wade at the other corner, and then you got Brendan White and Jordan Fuller. And those guys with another year to improve uh, are going to be really, really good. I'm really excited for them. This defensive back is going to be – defensive backs are going to be very, very improved from last year. They're all going to be a year older. Damon Arnett is pretty much gone, and I think that the reason – the funny part is he's probably not going to get drafted – uh, but Ohio State's pretty much told them that he won't start next year, and so you might as well just go now and see if you can get picked up on a practice squad. Uh, Kendall Sheffield's another one. Maybe Kendall Sheffield starts with Jeffrey Okuda, and then Sean Wade still fills in at that third cornerback role, but I think it's a great chance Sean Wade becomes the second quarter next year. So the defensive back's going to be really good. Defensive line is going to be, I think, Ohio State's strength next year, as it pretty much always has been. Zach Harrison, he's going to play next year. Noah Potter will probably be his backup. Devon Hamilton will fill in at the defensive tackle position. And then Chase Young. I mean, he's going to be the leader up there next year. Chase Young talks so much about how Nick Bosa helped him. Next year, it's going to be Chase Young's turn to help all the new young guys on the defensive line. They got a chance to be both deep and really, really talented next year. The When we talked about Ohio State getting Malik Harrison back, the reason I think that was so huge was because the linebacker is going to be a big question mark. Because in my opinion, Malik Harrison's the only guy who's penned in a starting role. I know, Ple- I know Tough Borland – and Pete Warner played better towards the the end of the year. But I think those two guys could have their starting roles taken from them. They don't don't perform mm-hmm. in spring camp. Yeah, yeah. A lot of question marks on the defense next year. But overall, I mean, I think there's no doubt that it's going to be <clears throat> a lot better than it was this year. Mm-hmm. I agree with you as well. Yeah, so um, the final thing I have on this, at least, is we'll go through the special teams. Um, everything – I mean, the only thing you really care about, you got Drew Christman as your punter. Um, he'll be back. And then Sean Nuremberger – after six years at Ohio State, will not be able to come back for another one next year. <laughs> um, so we got Blake Habil here. Um, he's played. He was okay. He's played a little bit this year. Uh, he's actually gotten in at times because um, Sean Nurberger has been hurt a little bit. I know he kicked the field goals. He's kicked the field goals in a few games, but for some reason he's been kicking a lot of the extra points. So they must have Sean Nurberger kick the field goals, and then Blake was kicking the extra points. They did. They did that. Uh, oh no, Blake. Blake Hobby was kicking field goals in the end there. I think Sean Nurberger got hurt halfway through the season. Yeah, yeah. I he kicked field goals. Yeah, I guess he they scored twenty eight in this last game, so they didn't have any field goal attempts. So he just made all four of his extra points. But yeah, he went ten of thirteen on the season for field goal wise. So he should be all right. Yeah, he should be okay. Uh he's got that stash that kind of creeps me out. But besides the point as a kicker, he's pretty good. Uh, I don't know what his kicking range is on kickoffs. He had a lot. He had a lot of them short this year. I don't know if he just straight up can't get them there, or if they ask him to do that. Who knows? But uh, yeah, he was a kicker last year, and he was okay. He was good enough, and he'll return next year. But I mean, the guy you're getting back is Drew Chrisman. 
Uh, what a great partner yeah. he was. Both a guy, a guy who can both hit it deep on the long punts, and a guy who can also pooch it down and knock it down within the within the five yard line. We saw that against Michigan State, so I think that's the big guy to get back. Yeah. All right. So jumping away from Ohio State football, something I know you're excited to go go in about. Uh, you got the Columbus Crew. Um, just the crew now. Well, I mean, they're still technically SC, but for a while. But they'll change it here soon, I believe. If you got the Columbus Crew, they announced their new general manager. Uh, they announce a new manager, and they allow the fans to buy season tickets. Yeah, a new coach, Caleb Porter, a new president. And then it's weird to see the crew doing actually something smart when it comes to marketing. As soon as I get this big wave mm-hmm. of, of support and happiness from crew fans, it's announcing a new president. So you just got the new owners, new presidents, new coach, and then boom, new ticket sales. And maybe it's because I follow Save the Crew on Twitter. I've been My Twitter feed today has been full of people announcing yeah. that they uh, renewed their renewed for – or they signed up for season tickets next year, including my dad. My dad has never bought Columbus Crew tickets, uh, season tickets in his lifetime, and he will be purchasing two for next year. That's the kind of wave of support you're getting. Uh, when it comes to just purely soccer schematics, I think these are both really good hires. Uh, the president, his name is so hard to say. I won't even try. I won't even embarrass myself or him, <laughs> but he's had a lot of success at many places, a proven guy. And then Caleb Porter, he's an MLS winning coach, if that name kind of rings a bell. He's the guy that came in with Portland and beat Columbus in Columbus to win MLS Cup. It's going to be a little different for crew fans. They're probably not going to pay, play the expansive style that Greg Berhalter loved and playing out of the back. It's going to be more of a press high and counter team. So it's interesting to see if he – That's at least that's been Caleb Porter's model. I expect him to stick with that uh, as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how this team evolves next year with his new kind of style of play. Yeah, yeah, I'm interested to see it. Um, obviously losing the old coach who was extremely, extremely good, Greg Berhalter. Um, but, yeah, Gre- Caleb Porter, like you said, should be a very good coach. You said he was an MLS Cup winning coach before. So, yeah, I mean, it's good to see a good start here for the Haslam and Edwards family, bringing in a very successful general manager and a very successful manager. So I'm excited to see what the crew do here. I'm also most excited about the season ticket thing. Like you said, I follow Save the Crew as well. And just all day, man, I mean, you're just seeing tons of people buying season tickets. You see people saying that they bought five or six season tickets for all of the family. I think you're going to see a lot of sold-out games next year. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just the wave of support behind this team now, and it has to be. You have to you have to back up what you've been talking about for the past 18 months, and I, I think you'll see that too. And I think you'll see them become one of the more pre- premier teams in MLS. And at a time when MLS is getting really, really big, uh, the crew are catching a a lot of wind and momentum behind them at the exact right yeah. time. All right, so let's move on to the Blue Jackets and the Cavaliers here. Let me find my NHL standings. Here it is. They've actually dropped out of the two division spots that you get in the Metropolitan. Now it's the Capitals and Penguins, which, surprise, surprise, those are the two dominant forces in this division. They always have been. The Blue Jackets. Do you not get three division spots? Um, Isn't it two and then there's four? It might be I thought it was I thought it was three and two. Mm, it ago. probably is that. If so, then either way, the Blue Jackets are in the playoffs right now. Um, but yeah, the Penguins have passed them, but they do have one more game played, and the Blue Jackets are only one point behind. So if they can get a win tonight, they'll pass the Penguins again. But yeah, we should probably have to figure that out at some point. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to figure it out. But well within striking distance, like you said, the New York Islanders are really the only team behind them that's threatening to catch them. So. The Blue Jackets have distanced themselves from the bottom four of the table, at least right now as we're coming into the all-star break. And they're chasing those Capitals and the Penguins just like they do every year. The, the Penguins have been an unreal streak. They've won seven straight, nine out of their last ten. 
Uh, but the Jackets have been doing pretty good. They've won seven out of their last ten. Uh, and one of those losses was an overtime loss. So the Blue Jackets have been playing well. Uh, and they had to because the top of their division is starting to play really, really well lately. Yeah, I mean, we're about halfway through the season here. 41 games would be it. Would be that, and most teams have played 40 games. So, you know, the first half's all about positioning. The second half's all going to be about, I mean, just every single game is going to matter. Every game is going to be very important in terms of, you know, playoff position. It's going to be close. I mean, it's been close all year already. So it's going to be tight to get uh, in that top three spots in the division. Yeah, it's going to be going down to the wire, just like it seems like it is every year against these two teams. The Capitals and Penguins are probably the best two NHL franchises in at least the last five to ten years. And it's it's so unlucky for the Blue Jackets that they get stuck in that division with both Yeah. Teams. All right, then talking about the Cavaliers here, it's nothing really on the Indians' front. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's nothing on the Indians' front. That's the only team we won't talk about today that I usually cover. Nothing's happened there. Um, there's been a lot of rumors about trades and stuff. Nothing's happened. So the Cavaliers, man, they're doing what they need to do. They are in last place right now. I love to see it. I know. Full tank mode and no shame about it. The funny – I mean, everyone knows they're tanking, and there should be no shame in it because you're not going to make the playoffs. And why try to win games if you can't make the playoffs and then get a worse draft pick? No, you, you lose games, you tank, and you have to be quiet about it. You can't tell anybody, but – this is what we knew the cap season was going to be about. It's going to be a rebuilding process. When you lose the greatest player to ever play basketball, yes, I said that correctly, uh, it's going to be tough to rebound, and you get nothing for him technically because he leaves as a free agent. And so it's just all about rebuilding. And you've got some good players. Colin Sexton's played really well this year. Right now the Cavs just got to continue to tank until they get rid of all those awful contracts that they gave out when they were making runs at the finals, specifically Tristan Thompson. So it's just full tank mode right now and just worrying about getting good draft picks. And they're doing a, they're doing a great job of it. Only won one game in their last 10. So I love to see that. Yeah, I don't think people understand how good this team could be next year. A lot of people don't really understand that. I feel like if you could get that last, you get that last place and get the first or second pick and get either an RJ Barrett, or Zion Williamson, or someone else who's really, really good. And then you keep Kevin Love. You get Kevin Love back, who's obviously hurt right now and kind of resting too, just because they don't want him to play anyways. They don't want to win basketball games. So if you could get him, Kevin Love, you could get Zion Williamson, you could get Colin Sexton, who has been a very, very good player. And then you got Jetty Osmond, who's been an absolute star for the Cavaliers team. This could be a very good team next year. Yeah, it has the potential. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if the Cavaliers maybe go for that and say, hey, let's just, uh, after one year of tanking, do we go? Are they going to take more of the, the Philadelphia 76ers approach where they had no shame about tanking for almost three or mm -hmm. four years uh, before they made their run? So it'll be interesting to see. They definitely have the tools if they want to uh, to go for it next year. Uh, but for me, uh, I wouldn't blame them if they wanted to tank for a couple years, at least till they get rid of some of those contracts. All right. Anything else you want to say your piece on here? No, uh, I just got to say, I'm very, very, I tell you, what a day it was. When I woke up at Friday morning, I had no idea the kind of, uh, the kind of, the, the, all the news, I've, the news I would get throughout the day, specifically Ohio State and the crew. I mean, if you look at what just happened with Ohio State today, pretty much confirmed that Justin Fields is coming, uh, and then you got players staying, and then when it came to the crew, that was another big thing. Uh, so the Justin Fields is pretty much as soon as I woke up, that was out. And then the crew throughout the day, well, actually I heard rumblings that, the, that we're going to get some big news from the crew. And then they finally get their, uh, coach, their president. And then I had no idea they're coming out with tickets today. And then seeing the wave of support for that, uh, it's a great time to be a fan. If you're a fan of Columbus sports, uh, the blue jackets are really still solid. The crew have the sky's the limit for them and Ohio state. And I got to give a huge shout out to Ryan day. 
I had no idea what his tenure as coach was going to be like, and we still technically have no idea what his tenure as coach is going to be like. Uh, but if it's anything like it's been in his first week, uh, we're going to see some really good things out of them. I mean, he did a great job of getting Zach Harrison, not only getting Zach Harrison, but holding on to all the recruits uh, when Urban Meyer left. That's tough. Usually when a big-time coach leaves like that, a lot of players decommit. He held on to a lot of those recruits. He got Zach Harrison, and it looks like he's going to get Justin Fields. And Ohio State, honestly, I think I saw someone on Twitter today that said, if Ryan Day stays at – if Ryan Day continues to do what he did with Dwayne Haskins and he stays at Ohio State – uh, Ohio State is going to be a place where all the pro-style quarterbacks or, or the top quarterbacks are going to be looking to go to. With Urban Meyer, a lot of the top quarterbacks weren't looking to go to Ohio State. But now with Ryan Day, Ohio State has a real chance to attract the number one, the number two, the number three quarterbacks in every class uh, for the future years as Ryan Day's head coach. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I agree with you. It was just a huge day and sport, Ohio sports at least. Uh, Ohio State, man, you get probably your QB for the future, probably the next two years or three if he has to sit out one. Um, yeah, I mean, the guy still has to play two more years no matter what. So if you could get him to get waived, he could be your starter for the next two years. That would be huge. Um, you keep Malik Harrison. That was a few days ago. But you keep Jordan Fuller today. That's huge. Um, you just got so many big things here happening at Ohio State. And like you said, I'm really excited for the Ryan Day era. There was that thing about Urban Meyer. We all loved him, but we always thought he was too loyal. Um, he was like that with JT Barrett. He was like that with Zach Smith, obviously, and a few other people and Bill Davis, et cetera. I mean, but with Ryan Day, he's going to be ruthless. He's going to do whatever he needs to do to make this team uh, compete for a national championship, whatever he has to do to make this team as good as they can possibly be, he's going to do. So that makes me excited, very excited for the crew, man. It just doesn't even feel real that all this has happened in the last few months. I mean, it felt like our team was going to get taken away, and now it's, and now it's only better. I mean, you've got a revitalized fan base. Now you have a ton of people setting up for season tickets. You have a probably a better general. You definitely have a better general manager. Maybe not. Maybe not as a better manager, but still a very good manager. You have a you know a fan base that is excited to buy season tickets. I'm just excited for Cruise Miss get it going March second. I definitely want to get to the first home game if I can. It's going to be a lot of fun, and the season in general for the crew is going to be a lot of fun. And like you said, the Blue Jackets still sitting in playoff position. Excited for them. Always excited for any Ohio team to be in the playoffs and. uh the Cavaliers, excited for them too. Honestly, they're right where I want them to be. So everything's going right. Yeah, everything's sitting very, very comfortably right now. Uh, I'll be, I'll be feeling good going to bed tonight, knowing about all my sports teams. Even not, not to get away from all sports, real quick. Even my Tottenham boys, they won seven nothing today in the FA Cup. So I'm feeling, feeling really good about my sports world today. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, all right. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, thank. You. I mean, this was this was cool. Uh, everything we talked about, I, I knew a, a ton about. So it felt good to be very, very knowledgeable. All right, that'll do it for Ohio versus the world.